What's going on, everybody? Welcome to today's edition of Locked on ACC. We are ready to rock and roll with things. Got to go over that huge NC State Wake Forest game over the weekend. We've got Kenton Gibbs from Locked on Wolfpack here to break that down. Talk about the rest of week 11. And then finally, some basketball action. How did the teams do around the conference? More importantly, mid-majors are starting to look a little bit better than we thought, I suppose. Let's have that conversation now. On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Thank you for making Locked On ACC your first listen each and every day. Kitten Gibbs from Locked On Wolfpack in the building. Kitten, how you doing? I've been better. <laughs> I've been better. But, you know, we we march on all in all. Everything is great, really. Uh, I have a jam-packed day today, so I'm going to be running at, from the time that we finish recording this forward, and uh, we'll see how it goes. No doubt. Well, we have a lot to go over jam-packed indeed. This whole episode is full of good content. Let's start with that Wake Forest NC State game. The Wolfpack went down to Winston-Salem to take on the Demon Deacons, and it was quite the showing. Of course, it was never going to be easy for NC State, but they absolutely had a chance to stay in the game. Unfortunately, they did not come away with the win. Before we talk about the score and break down all that stuff, what were your immediate thoughts going in? Did you feel like it was a very winnable game for the Wolfpack? Yeah, I, I said a long time ago, or not a long time ago, I said after the Miami loss, Every game that NC State has going forward is winnable, but they're also all losable. There's not, if somebody told me there's a world where NC State loses all of them, I wouldn't say, oh, you're a liar, you're a filthy, you, I can't believe you, you must be out of your mind. Does Devin Leary, does Devin Leary go missing? Is this a, a, a what was that movie where um, Damon Wayne's got kidnapped? He was the star player for the Lakers and he got kidnapped by a Celtics <laughs> fan. Is that what's going to happen here? But at the end of the day, this is this. The reality is, all the teams that NC State has left, they have things that they do well enough to beat NC State, and that Wake Forest showed it. Wake Forest showed it. They didn't even have a great night passing the ball, but they showed that they were good enough to win. No doubt. I mean, Devin Leary, let's talk about him for a second. 408 yards on the night. Bam Knight having a great run. Ricky Persons, extremely good at the run game. It seemed at times as though NC State kind of abandoned that a bit for whatever reason, but the guys were getting it done. And then you also have to talk about Emeka Amezi and Devin Carter stepping up in big ways for the Wolfpack. Devin Carter making catches that I normally give him crap for for dropping, but he was coming up clutch for them all night. I think offensively, they were figuring it out. You know, they were staying in the game, keeping it close. But you talk about three sides of the ball. Defense was starting to show that it had definitely is without some of their best men, in my opinion. And then also special teams having missing a field goal from Chris Dunn in the game of losing by three. That's always tough to look back out back at now. Chris Dunn was 88% in field goal percentage his sophomore year. Since then, 70 it's unacceptable. It's unacceptable. It, it, it just it just is what it is. We we were okay with it, and everybody was like, oh, don't send them death threats after the Clemson game because, of course, you should never send death threats, period. But we can talk about what's happened to Chris Dunn. What's happened? 
this is this is getting ridiculous. And then you move on to the defense. I, I actually disagree with you, and I'm not just saying this because hmm. I'm a former uh, defensive lineman. I think that the offense was who came up short. Hmm. Now, the Wolfpack scored 45 points. The game was 45 to 48, right? 42. Think about, I'm sorry, 42 to 45, right? Mm-hmm. Let's Let's do some numbers here. Bam Knight scored one touchdown on a kick return. So that gives you seven. So now the offense is down to 35 points. Bam Knight returned another kick, 64 yards, gave him a 30-yard field, more or less. So let's say half of those points don't belong to the offense. You take 10 points uh, away from our offense had. They had 32. And then when you realize the defense caught two interceptions immediately after Devin Leary threw interceptions to put us in positions to score, you're you're really looking at and at the end of the day, this offense started the game with an eight drive touchdown drought. They scored a field goal, a couple field goals in that time, no touchdowns. You cannot beat Wake Forest with touchdowns. And and hats off to Wake Forest. Hats off to Wake Forest. They made enough plays to win. Period. They made enough plays to win. But there's there's one thing that I would la- love to say here, okay? I would like for referees to get rid of the the calls, offensive pass interference and holding. I, I very seriously want both of those things gone because to me, it's not fair that you give defenders the thought and the illusion that these things exist because you're you're setting up a situation that people talk about all the pass interference that our defense had. But when you look at the first touchdown, you have a 6'5 wide receiver fully extending his arm for the second week in a row for the second week in a row. And people always say, you want to call him out. You want to call him out, call him out. I ain't got it. I ain't got to hide from the man. I AT Perry knows who he is and he knows what he's been getting away with. He knows it ain't no surprise to nobody, but, but all I'm saying is this, I want that call taken away because I am a big, big believer. If I know the rules of engagement, I can come up with something to uh, take away that ability. I can come up with something. I come up with a technique for it. Like, people keep saying, oh, well, NC State was face guarding, and that's why they got all those penalties. Well, how else do you defeat somebody putting their arm into your chest, holding you off, and running? How else do you do that? Uh, And then you put it in a situation where all the quarterback has to do is underthrow the ball. And then as soon as it goes from here to jump, guess what? They're going to get the penalty every time on it. So, I yeah, I agree. And I think that, you know, Sam Hartman had all day to throw, not because he had plenty of time in the pocket and his offensive line was somehow phenomenally doing well. I think it was a lot of holding that got missed, but you can't, for all for not, I think it was the huge third and longs that really got NC State's defense in trouble. It seemed like every time they had them right where they wanted them, it was third and seven, third and nine, and they just couldn't get off the field and they were extending drives and it was giving life into Wake Forest and all. All they needed was life, right? All they needed was a quick hit to A.T. Perry or to Donald Stewart. And it was just like, okay, we still have momentum. We can keep going. And for the fact that they beat NC State without a Jaquari Robertson, I think that's huge for a Wake Forest team that, you know, was all about him going into the season. And they didn't have Christian Beal Smith. So you're down two of your top receiving and running backs, and you still were able to come through. 
Well, I'm not even saying that the holding was that egregious in this game. I believe it that, was. It I was. believe that I was the, there with my own too. It well, was. It was here's, pretty bad. Here's why I say get rid of holding. The phrase holding happens on every play. Well, why do we have it? If it happens every play and it doesn't get caught every play, why do we have it? Get rid of it. So the defensive linemen know the rules of engagement are they're gonna hold. They can hold you in any type of way they want. You have to figure it out. Just tell us we have to figure it out and we can come up with something to figure it out. But if we believe that this call is there, then we're not going to be able to properly function. But now back to the other things in the game. The We were uh, we allowed them to be nearly 50% on third down. We allowed them to be, I want to say, about 40-some percent on third and seven or longer and fourth and seven or longer as well. So, I mean, that's – when you look at the game, that's why. You, you look at what Wake Forest typically does poorly. They're allowing 216 rushing yards per game over the season. If you take their last five games, including against Duke, they're allowing 243. NC State didn't even get a third of that. We had 70 rushing yards. Listen, I understand we have a, a really good receiving core. We have one of the best quarterbacks in the nation. I get it. But guess what? Guess what? Sometimes, sometimes, I I I wonder because I think at this point in time we can all accept NC State is this tough blue hard nosed blue collar football team. That's not who this team is. You cannot run the ball against a team in the bottom tenth percentile in stopping the run in the country. You couldn't run the ball at all. You couldn't do nothing. Okay. Well, say to me, that's going to coaching decision. That's not necessarily players, right? Because it's not an inability to get it done. But 74 rushing yards on the day compared to Wake Forest's 116. But if you look at passing yards, 408 from NC State and 290. So Sam Hartman did not have a great game. Three interceptions on the night. So when I say there was absolutely a chance for NC State to win this game, I'm not BSing you guys. And I think that when it ultimately came down to was this third downs, 10 for 19, that's what Wake Forest was able to do. And it wasn't because they figured it out and somehow their receivers finally found a way to get open. It's half the time to me, it was NC State inability to get off the dang field. So all you have to do is look in the mirror. I think that's what I, all I had to say. It's NC State looking in the mirror and saying, as much as you guys want to be the next level to talk about, to be in conversations with the Clemsons and the Notre Dame's help, we want to put them in the mix of the world. You have to win these types of games. Like if you have been at home, easy win. But you have to win on the road in these challenging environments. I think Doran has changed the, the floor for NC State. He has not changed the ceiling. <laughs> I think that he's changed the floor to about – in an average year where everything is like going meh, like we don't have a ton of injuries. Our starting quarterback is all right. Um, we're, you know, we, we're not looking at everybody and their mama being injured. We're looking at like seven, six, six, seven wins on a meh type of year. Maybe the ACC is really good and we're not in that category. We're looking at six wins. Um, but on our best years, I think we're looking at nine maybe 10, maybe, maybe. So maybe we just have to have an honest conversation of from a sta- fan standpoint of where who NC State is and just enjoy the nine, right? Just enjoy the opportunity to be even competing in a uh, championship environment opportunity or win a division. Maybe we should just be glad that there's even a competition and settle it there. But clearly it's not enough. 
that's a whole, that's a whole, we have NC State fan conversation, a whole segment for that. But I don't want to bore the rest of you guys who want to know more about some other teams going into this bad boy. But first, I want to make sure you guys are all set when it comes to prize picks. The college fantasy made, e- daily fantasy made easy. It offers more college football props than anyone in the world. All of the users that deposit and use promo code locked on will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to 100 Dollars. Use the award-winning app on the App Store or Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. Yes, it is that easy. PrizePix is safe and offers fast withdrawal, so don't hesitate. Check out prizepix.com using promo code LOCKEDON or go to your App Store and download the app today. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. Ken Gibbs here from Locked On Wolfpack. Clearly, there was a big game over the weekend. The Atlantic is all in favor for Wake Forest. They are the only ones that are in their way. They have to travel to Clemson this weekend. Of course, NC State will uh, play Syracuse. And now, week 11, let's recap the games really quickly. Started with Carolina and Pittsburgh on Thursday. Then you had Clemson playing UConn. Clearly, it was going to be a drought, although it was a little shaky there at times for DJ Uyunglele. Then you have the Louisville-Syracuse game. Lamar Jackson getting his name forever etched into – is it yum? Is it KFC? Which one? Is it Yum Yum? I want to say that's KFC. No, that's Papa John's. Hey, Papa John. <laughs> yeah, that's Papa yes. John's. The yum, I'm sorry. The yum I'm hungry now. Basketball. The okay, I'm basketball. hungry now. I don't know why. There's, like, there's only so many stadiums that you know refer to food that, of course, stick with you, and so that would be one for me. So that's Papa John's. Okay. Cool. Mm-hmm. Got it. They dominated 41 to three Syracuse looking like Syracuse of old, which might be good for you guys. NC state, you know, going into the year, Florida state, Miami game. Let's stop here for a second. Great matchup. Clearly rivals. That's the one you circle on your calendar. If you're in the Florida area, Lee to Dade County, you obviously want to beat whoever is in front of you. You probably paid pop Warner with these players, but for you, how did you feel about this Miami Florida state game? Florida state, was dominating. Then Tyler Van Dyke and company decided, hey, we want to make this a matchup. Here we come with it. And it was honestly a game to the end. And then the Knowles pulled it out 31 to 28. Who is Miami? Who are they? <laughs> they don't know. <laughs> I'm confused. I'm confused. Okay. They look like they can't beat anybody in the beginning of the season. Barely beat up State. That's fine. Whoop the wheels off Central Connecticut, then lose to UVA and USC. Then beat two ranked teams back-to-back in NC State and Pitt, and then lose to Florida State. What? What is this? What is this? What? I don't know if that's undisciplined. I don't know if that's just feeling like the next man up maybe want to. You step up in one game. You feel like, all right, I'm cool. I know I could be this if I feel like it, but I'm not going to in this next matchup. Of course, you're going to play at your best during Miami and Florida State, but I don't imagine that you can put it all on the coaches. Can you? I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. This Miami team needs to stop playing around. Hmm. They need to stop playing around because their last two games, very winnable, very winnable. Would I be the world's shockedest man if they lost to Duke? No. Hmm. No. Hmm. No. Okay. So, with that being said, Miami, figure it out. 
We watching. We watching. <laughs> We're absolutely watching because Duke is desperate for a conference win as we look to this uh, Virginia Tech game, 48-17 to in Lane Stadium. It was senior night. Of course, they're not going to lose to a Duke team on senior night, and they kept on rolling. Man, it's a tough go for those Blue Devils. But also this Boston College-Georgia Tech game, right? Boston College pulling off the 41-30 win, now 6-4 and and are bowl eligible. So to me, with a season that started out so promising, only to have your wind knocked out of you because Phil Dracovic went down, to still be able to have a Dennis Grossell maintain enough to win a couple, to have Phil come back five touchdowns on the on the day, and you're bowl eligible. Hats off to Coach Halfley. I'm thinking he might be Coach of the Year. Uh, uh, I don't know how you could not. <laughs> Who else it to would Dave? it be? I don't know how you could not give it to Dave Clawson. I don't. I don't know how you could not give Fair. it to Dave Clawson. I mean, Fair. listen, this is this is no disrespect to anybody else, but I just I don't see how you can uh, how you can say, well, there's been a, a better coach that's done more with less this year than um, than Dave Clawson. But Clawson doesn't have any slouches. Well, sorry, defense. Okay, never mind. Never mind. I take it back. I take it back. Again, Sam listen. Hartman, A.T. Perry, Ja'Cory Roberson, Donald Stewart, Christian Field Smith. Okay. And 16 yards okay. rushing <laughs> per game. Okay. And then found a way to stop a team that in the beginning of the season, first six games, 153 yards. Or no, no, no. They were 150 or 170. One of those two. Either mm-hmm. way, well over 140 yards. Well over it. Either way. You found a way to hold them to 70? Yeah, that's tough. I mean, at the end of the day, you you've got to you've got to give them credit. You've got to give them some love, mm-hmm. and and I understand that Chandler Zavala was hurt and all that, but hey, he did what he had to do. But let me tell you something about this Boston College team, okay? Mm-hmm. Because I think that NC State fans are going to be rooting for Boston College in a way that we have not seen in <laughs> in in a very very long time. Oh, that yeah. we're going to be rooting for Clemson in a way that we have not seen in a very very long time. Because apparently there is still some hope or chance uh, that that uh, NC State gets in, but mm-hmm. they're going to need all the help in the world. And I'm sorry, not uh, not you know, yeah, it is Boston College. So the the fact that the matter remains simple, though, um, this Boston College team has gotten exponentially better with Phil back. Phil Dracovic is a, a a very quality quarterback, and and he's mm-hmm. he's shown it. This team has instantly got better uh, with him in the lineup. So all in all, when I'm when I'm looking at uh, what Boston College is or is not, he is the base of the house. He's the foundation. He's the low bearing wall. And when you knock him out, the house kind of crumbles. And that's just the reality. And that's okay because I think he's going to come back for another year, and we can probably get hype again. And I can build up my hype on Jeff Halfley once again, which is perfectly fine with me. A new team, I'm, a new team to make the division a little crazier. I'm gonna tell you this. Uh huh. You starting to sound like uh, you do a DJ with Coach Athlete. Talk about I'm waiting for a breakout. Listen, six and four. I, I'm not. I'm not okay. Whatever. It's fine. I know. I'm hype on him. I know that Coach. I know that Coach Athlete is exciting. I know that he's a high energy guy, and he gets it's the energy is infectious. It gets in everybody. You don't think he's a good coach? All I'm saying is, all I'm saying. Is, <laughs> listen, listen, listen. All I'm saying is, I think that he has come into a massive amount of hype. And everybody said, like, oh, the Atlantic better be on the wall. That's the team 
That's the team now. They got Had a Phil not gone down, they absolutely would be in the conversation. Oh, okay. We, if we clearly need to Wilson, have just a division if, conversation. If Peyton Wilson didn't go down, we we may be a one loss team right now. But here we I are. agree. We can't you can't have <laughs> at the end of the day, everybody can play ifs and buts. But if ifs and buts were berries and nuts, squirrels would never starve. And here we Ooh, are in the you world. You got that we us live there. In. Here, here we are in the world that we live in. I mean, sure. if, if De'Aaron King didn't go down, what would Miami be? I, but, I think- but you're talking about Jeff Halfley in the future. So, like, that's, you're going to get to the point where we're saying that I think Coach Halfley has promise, but you're saying it's not the case. Oh, I'm not saying that he doesn't have promise. I'm not saying that. I think DJ has promise. I think DJ, in a, a couple of years, I and think on that be- note, now I know you're lying. Now I know no, you're no, lying. very seriously. <laughs> I think that DJ, in a couple of years, I think DJ could turn into something dominant. I think that, that people – have expected from Clemson, if you are the starter, you are supposed to step in and complete 70, 65 to 70% of your balls, have yeah. a four to one touchdown interception ratio, yeah. and be able to do a little something with your legs right off the bat. Cause that's what they've seen from uh Tyler Taj boy at the end of his career, Deshaun Watson for all of his career and Kelly Bryant a little bit. He didn't possess all those things, but guess what? Kelly Bryant got benched for Trevor Lawrence, who did do all those things. So they were expecting that out of DJ. That's not the the normal progression of quarterbacks. That's not how it goes. You look at any quarterback that Devin Leary a couple of years ago was he what he is now? No, Sam Hartman a couple of years ago was benched. Like it, this is what Phil Jakovich a few years ago he transferred because he couldn't win a job. These quarterbacks, Kenny Pickett a couple years ago. I mean, the fact of the matter is, people... So you're just proving my point that DJ is finally going to have that breakout game. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And on that note, i got to get it in. All right, people. If you have not yet, I promise you should try Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. It can oftentimes be hard to find some good, delicious treat after a good workout. So strongly encourage you to find this... to try this 100% real chocolate built bar with 100% of goodness. I promise you it's low carb, low calorie, low fat, and high in protein, all the healthy benefits and being delicious on top of it. Another great thing about built bar, there are so many mouth watering flavors, including coconut, raspberry, mint, brownie, and more this month. Built is coming out with new limited time flavors every three to four days. So check out their website. You don't want to miss out. Use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Use promo code, again, LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Wrapping up today's show with Kenton Gibbs from Locked on Wolfpack. And no, I'm going to let you finish your thought here because clearly you want to hone in on the point that what? I mean, my I think that my point has been made in – and going forward, and people can look at it and say, at the end of the day, I think that Jeff Halfley has come into a lot of hype, and mm-hmm. I think that he can be good. Overhyped? A little bit. A little bit. Hmm. Because people were ready to name him ACC Coach of the Year before the season started, and it's like, based on what? But maybe like, it's just because Boston College was tough. Like, maybe because they just had they had nothing to hope for, and they were, were they finally not, getting hope. Were they not tough under Adazio? I can tell you, I played those Adazio teams. That was a tough team. That was a hard-nosed Let team. Let it out. Let it out. Let it out. Okay. With all that extra lineman check into the game, you you turned into that TikTok. What the, what, 
What y'all done did? What? What? Und- I can't say the word, but you know the TikTok, the one where they faked the, the TV being broken. Listen, mm-hmm. the team, Boston College has always been tough, but I'm just saying, people acted like he was going to come in and be a 10-win guy right away. All right. And, and this is and big again, hater Atlantic. And this is big Atlantic division hater energy to me. Again, this is listen, big Atlantic I'm, division hater. And this I is said not that the coach we, of the year. I said the coach why, of the year was out of Atlantic. This is How's why you it? have to. This is why you have to give Kenton a segment rundown because he's gonna go on this tangent. Ain't nobody talking about Jeff Hat. That's not on the script. Stay on, now, we how, on basketball how, now. We on how, basketball now. Okay. We on right, basketball well, now. Thank basketball. you so much for your opinion. I cannot wait to have a post. Football recap breakdown, and you can give all the halfly energy that you want. I'll even give you a whole extra segment if you want it. We can give you a little post show where you can just talk to me about halfly because clearly there's some underlying things here that you have to let up. Yep, uh, nope, that's okay. okay. Thank you. Right. And on that note, <laughs> my show, ACC basketball, as we had some great games this weekend, some tough matchups. Clearly, mid majors are not as bad as people want to say, and I just think personally. That it's okay to say just because you go to a mid-major program does not mean you are a bad school. And you absolutely can go toe-to-toe with the quote-unquote power fives, the best of them, you know, all of that good stuff that we talked about, the blue bloods, all of that. I don't know why there is this nuance, there's this notion that you have to go to some elite program or to be an elite school, like you can't get beat. Huh. Brown would like a word because they dang sure almost beat North Carolina, right? Uh, we had some... Pittsburgh lost to West Virginia. Virginia Tech squeaked by Navy after Navy beat Virginia. Georgia Tech won against Stetson. Wake Forest beat Western Carolina. Boston College. Let's talk about Boston College since they were on that. They're winning 2-0 to start the season. Okay. I know everyone didn't think that would happen. Berman beat Louisville. Oh, yeah. There it is. Virginia beat Radford. Duke beat Army. Okay, that was on Friday night. Then you go to Saturday, where Notre Dame beat Northridge. Miami or Miami lost to UCF. NC State squeaked by Colgate. <laughs> and I do mean squeaked. Duke beat Campbell in what eventually became a blowout. And Florida beat Florida State. Boston College beat Fairfield. And then Syracuse beat Drexel. Now, as much as we're saying, okay, some of our ACC teams were looking sharp. They figured it out. Some squeaked out wins. Others were looking shaky, but eventually pulled away thanks to, you know, free throws and what have you. But how are you feeling about the season's start with some of this conference play we've seen so far? I think that you made a very good point about mid-majors that we need to expound upon a bit. Um, mid, the ACC over the last two years has had a player turnover rate of about 40%. And that's average. That's mm-hmm. that's the average for all the schools combined. We we see about 40% of our players from year to year not be there the next year. So with that being said, what, what is it that is making these mid-major teams really good? Their players are just sticking around. Their players are just sticking around. Which player is more likely to stick to their college? Somebody on the bench at NC State, somebody on the bench at Drexel. Somebody on the bench at, at Duke, somebody on the bench at Colgate. Like at the end of the day, these guys are standing in these programs and they just get experience. They see a lot of college basketball. They see at the end of the day, we can pretend like the the skill level between uh power five and mid-majors in basketball is just this super wide, super big chasm that you can't make up for. But it's not. Physically, a little bit, sure. Most teams, on average, you're gonna see. 
your power five teams be a little bigger, a little faster, all that good stuff. In basketball, that's not the only thing that matters. Like in football, you lean on somebody. And if you're 40 pounds heavier than them, at a certain point in time, their body is not going to take kindly to that leaning on. In basketball, you can lean on me all day long. Can you put that ball in the rim after you finish leaning? <laughs> no? Oh, looks like I have the advantage. So um, those those teams, are they're very old, very experienced. They are used to playing together. And it, it becomes a thing where the longer teams stay together, you get more of a family atmosphere than like players wanting duns where it's like a contract killer mentality where it's like, Hey, I like this guy. He's cool, but I'm still leaving you in five months, bro. Like do not get too attached to me. We are not going to be like, I'll never, who told you I was contributing to, to society vibes. That was not what I was. Getting. I think from a recruiting standpoint, that's why a lot of people try and pit pocket people from the same AAU style programs or, you know, whatever, what have you guys who have any sort of relationship with each other. Cause it makes a little bit easier when it comes to having to play these six month contracts. Like you said, um, when it comes to playing at these D one schools. Absolutely. And those, and those players know like, all right, with the, in our system that we ran is very similar to what we run here. This is how he likes to cut. This is how he like, oh, he's a sniper. This is how he likes to, where he likes the ball to be put after he comes off screens, et cetera, et cetera. But it's rare that you find that. I mean, it's, it's so when we talk about mid-majors having so much success against uh, Power 5 this year, right? I mean, it's very simply too much turnover. As teams get later in the season, we'll see less of it because mm-hmm. then teams have played live action games. 30 of them, 20 of them, whatever the case may be. You, you're later in the season. But right now, this is team's first live action against somebody else. And that somebody else happens to be a team where you've got a couple dudes with wife and kids looking across from you and, and your best player is an 18-year-old five-star. I mean, as much as we want to say it's in the bag for a lot of these programs out the gate, we're already talking about how great Duke is. They look shaky at times as much as we want to say, oh, Carolina's looking a lot better than last year. They looked hella shaky at times. And NC State, good Lord, I just want them to get through one season. Manny Bates, losing him to a shoulder injury, that is going to be extremely tough. But one man can't be your entire team. And I think that C. Brown and the rest of those guys are going to have to step up in big ways. But there's a lot of good basketball all around. I think it's just a matter of can you get adjusted? Can you understand that this is a regular season? This ain't 2020. We're back to, you know, what we used to do. Let's see how people adjust from there. You know, I think the interesting thing about that is NC State won their rebounding battle against Colgate, which was very interesting to me. It was a a full team effort there. And also – Players are coming into their roles. They're going to grow into their roles a little bit because I think right now Casey Morsell is, is feeling like, oh, I'm who Devin Daniels was for last year's team. And truth be told, that's a Quaker Smith kid. Um, he kind of fill it up. He kind of fill it up. So, But he's not the only guy in the conference who Florida State, the way they got beat by Florida, again, they need to figure out what their roles are. They need to figure out, okay, who am I on this team? What is my role on this team? And from there, you'll grow and you'll get better. Uh, but, again, it's early season. And in college basketball, early season doesn't really matter much. So no, it doesn't figure it out. Matter. Keep it going. For sure. Ken Gibbs, always a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you, much for, thank you so much for joining. Please remind folks of where they can find you, follow your work. Always great to be here. You can find me on, uh, you can find me on Twitter at LO underscore Wolfpack. Uh, you can find Locked On Wolfpack wherever you're listening to this podcast right now. 
And you can find me on Twitter at TGIF underscore Ken. That is my personal page. So you will get the person Ken, not the sports journalist. No doubt. Guys, come back tomorrow. J.J. Jackson in the building. We're going to go over some more Duke basketball, but more importantly, week 11 in the bag for some of these teams. What does this mean for bowl eligibility? What does it mean for division play? But let's also look to week 12. So there's a lot of good games there. So you don't want to miss that. Rest of the week should be rolling just about the same. Look forward to having you then. Candace Cooper and Ken Gibbs. Until next time.